sixth episode of You Can't Handle It on Truth Is Now Treason. I'm Lennox. And I'm Dietrich. So we are going to dive deeper into the conversation between God and Judah in Isaiah chapter 59. In a couple episodes prior, we were looking at what God was saying to Judah. He was saying that they had abandoned him and there were two sins that he pointed out. He accused them of murder and lies. And in this episode, we are going to look at Judah's reaction to what God said. Have you ever noticed that it's incredibly easy to see someone else's flaws, yet when it comes to noticing our own flaws, we rarely see them? What about when it is more than a flaw? How about when someone is on a path that you know is destructive and you're trying to warn them, but they just won't listen? It can be pretty frustrating. It's like when you're watching a horror movie and the girl knows the killer is in the house. So what does she do? She goes to the basement. Why? She must be a blonde like Lennox. Hey, blondie, go outside, not to the basement, you dork. Well, she has to go get her curler so she can look presentable when she goes outside. <laughs> yeah, indeed. A curler. That's a life-altering thing we need to get. It is when you're a blonde. <laughs> no, the sad part is if it is someone who is close to you, the damage that they are doing to themselves hurts you too. But when they are able to admit they have a problem, you know that that can be the start of them getting their life together. We're going to look at Judah's response to God piece by piece, and we're going to see an amazing correlation between Judah and the United States. The verses that we're going to look at are in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 9 through 15. So let's start with verse 9. It says, There is no justice among us, and we know nothing about right living. There is no justice among us. This couldn't possibly be more true. For months, people were allowed to burn cities to the ground, and nothing was done. The rioters who were arrested in many of these cities were immediately released the next day so that they could loot and burn again. And on top of this, the police who were trying to protect the innocent, if they were accused of anything wrong, were the ones who were forced to pay the price for those who were rioting. Then the amazing thing in all of this is that many were calling for the police to be defunded. The most absurd solution available. Rashida Tlaib actually goes one step further. She wants to get rid of federal prisons. Listen to this interview with her. The BREATHE Act proposes emptying federal detention facilities within 10 years. To what extent have you wrestled with any potential downsides of releasing into society every single person who's currently in a federal prison? Yeah, again, I think that everyone's like, oh my God, we're going to just release everybody. That's not that's what, what the, that's Yeah, is. but did you see how many people are mentally ill that are in prison right now? No, I know, but the act that you so endorsed we're gonna keep, actually says release everyone in But in 10, 10 years. years, but think about it. Who are releasing? But there are like human traffickers. Oh, I know. Child sex. So, but I you're mean, saying, do you mean that you don't actually support that? Because no, you, you endorsed the bill. No, I endorsed the BREATHE Act and looking at federal, the policies and how we incarcerate. Absolutely. But it says in there. But you cannot, you cannot. You cannot just blankly say, oh, look, she wants... That's not what I'm... But that's like in plain text. But what I'm saying is look at who's in prison now. No, look at the folks that are mentally ill, that have substance abuse problems. But I'm not disagreeing with you that there are people who should be in prison. Yeah, but then why aren't you asking me about them? You're asking me about the human traffickers and others that should be No, I'm trying to understand. What I'm trying to understand is your your proposal is so sweeping. It does does release everyone. 
Is there any possible way to say there is no justice among us? We know nothing about right living more clearly than to say it's okay. Just shut down all the federal prisons and release everyone. This is the nation we are in. These are the people who were elected in Detroit. If this doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. Welcome to the minds of the deranged. This is what sin does to you. It deranges your mind. Justice? We don't need that. Just release them all. Let them rape, murder, and pillage again. You know, as the interviewer pointed out, this could mean releasing sex traffickers. I guess Rashida is okay with slavery then, as long as it's the pimps who are the slave masters. You know, here's another thing that Judah uses to describe who they are, and it sounds like America. We look for light, but find only darkness. We look for bright skies, but walk in gloom. You know, it's a challenge to find a time where you could find a darker period in this nation. Yes, we have been through dark times before, but the darkness in this time is unique to others, with the exception of the Civil War. The other dark times were a result of forces from the outside that were trying to destroy us. This is a time where we have forces on the inside that are trying to get us to rot from the inside due to sin from the highest levels to the lowest levels. I just heard a couple of days ago about Seattle doing this very same thing. Due to poor policies by their leadership, they have defunded the police. They've slashed their police force so much that they don't even have enough police officers to investigate any kind of sexual crime against an adult. So here's a city that they'll tell you they're liberal. And what do liberals love to tell you? They care about minorities. They care about everybody else. They they love, they empathize, da 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 da, da. Yet they have made their police force so bad in the city of Seattle, they will not investigate a sex crime. What in the world happened to caring about women? Well, and then also, if you guys have been listening in the last several months, the Justice Department labeled parents who stood against schools who were teaching racism towards certain groups of people. They stood out against that. And the Justice Department labeled these parents as domestic terrorists. I mean, that's a regime that you cannot call a source of light. It is a source of darkness. And when we have a leader of our nation that exposes American citizens and the American military, like we saw in Afghanistan, expose them to harm and death because he is clueless, or at least some say he's clueless on how to evacuate a nation. Oh, he's clueless. (laughs) Mentally, I think, yeah, he is clueless. (laughs) We are walking in darkness. And when that same man leaves weapons for terrorists to use and sell, not caring that Americans can die because of his actions, our nation is walking in darkness. You know, another thing that Judah says about themselves is that truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. You know, when we see reporters with flames and destruction behind them and they're saying, well, these riots are mostly peaceful. (laughs) The truth is stumbling. When a teacher is put on administrative leave because she said that George Floyd would still be alive if he had just sat in the back of the cop car, we are seeing someone who is renouncing evil being attacked. And we could go on and on because there are numerous other examples of this where we see no justice. And we wonder why everything seems so dark. It's because we as a nation have abandoned God. And as a result, we've abandoned hope and light, the two things that are in short supply right now. But I want to emphasize that there is hope. 
Look at verse 20. It says, The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins. You might be thinking, I want to be one of those who was bought back, but I don't know what that means to turn from my sins. If this is the case, then I want to challenge you to listen to episodes four and five of Ultimate Treason, where we talk about salvation and what it means. And this verse is tremendous. This is a promise from God that he will take care of those who are faithful to him. Now, that's big. We're living in a time where things are falling down all around us, and it looks like there's no hope. But if your hope is in God, then you have an endless supply of hope. He has promised that he will buy us back. Now, this is no promise of having no pain in our lives. This is a promise of God being in control. And if he is our hope, there's nothing to worry about. I want you to listen to an example of what happens when you allow God to buy you back and, and you turn from your sins. This is Brian Head Welch from the band Korn. If you're not familiar with who he is, in the early 90s, the band Korn was one of the pioneering bands of the new metal era. This is a guy who is making money hand over fist as a result of this band. He says that this was what he wanted more than anything else was to make music and to make money at it. He was living his dream. And as a result, he could buy whatever he wanted. And he'll tell you what he bought was drugs and sex and every kind of debauchery that he could get himself into. And as a result, he made himself miserable. I want you to listen to what he had to say about this. We were opening for people like Ozzy Osbourne, Megadeth, Danzig, Marilyn Manson. We kept climbing. We kept climbing and climbing and climbing, and the party kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the drug abuse kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, I got to the point where uh, I wanted everything to end, and I just got tired of living. I got tired of the drug addiction. I got tired of everything, and I started getting suicidal. I got divorced. I uh, Everybody in the band got divorced. Everybody was ad- addicted to something, whether it's drugs, sex, alcohol money fame you know and it was really dark and so i got on crystal meth and pills and and whatnot and i just i got really suicidal so i ended up back in bakersfield at a church i just got tired of being famous and i went back to where my folks were and uh some friends of mine invited me to a church they told me about jesus i made fun of them and then i went to church with them and once i heard that it's a real thing that god will prove to you he's real i was like wait a second. So this God that you're talking about, this Jesus will come and live inside of your life and help you stop hurting yourself and give you the best life possible. I was like, either these people are brainwashers or they have the meaning of life. At that moment, at 34 years old, I needed it to be real. And I went home and I prayed and I said, Jesus, if you're real, you prove it to me. Come into my life take these drugs for me. My daughter was five years old at the time and I was like, she needs a dad that will be present and healthy for her. Please give me a new existence because everything in my life is completely shallow and empty. And long story short, I had an encounter with God's love at home outside of the church after I prayed passionately. I poured my heart out to him in prayer. And he revealed himself to me. I felt the I felt the glory of God come around. I felt an embrace in the spiritual realm. I felt forgiven. I felt clean. I felt empowered to fight for my daughter and fight for myself. And the one thing I just want to bring up forgiveness because I had a lot of forgiveness that I had to learn. I, I had to learn to forgive myself. I had to learn to forgive my my 
parents, especially my dad growing up. I wronged a lot of people and a lot of people wronged me. I went to every, once I heard about like forgive everything and I went door to door to everybody. I was like, please forgive me. Even if they were the ones that harmed me and did wrong to me. And I just, I was like, I want to be free. But the number one forgiveness thing that I had to walk through was my daughter. Um, even though I was a Christian, God did not heal all of my issues right away. And so I had all these encounters with his love, but once I went and lived life, I, I battled and I would explode with anger and rage. And my daughter at a young age would see me punch holes in my walls and and like scream even at her sometimes. I scared her. I, I would apologize and say, I'm so sorry. I love Jesus. And then I would do it again. And I was a single dad and it was just really hard. And so I lost her to just massive suicidal thoughts and rebellion and depression. So a lot of things I walked through. So I had to walk through forgiveness with with God, with myself, and then my daughter got help, the help that she needed, and she went and walked through forgiveness for me. And I don't have rage anymore. I have a little bit of anger, but not not rage anymore. So I'm just I'm free. I'm healed and uh Forgiveness is everything for me because I've been forgiven and I've forgiven myself and I don't hate myself anymore and I give myself grace to make mistakes and me and my daughter are closer than we've ever been in our whole lives. I love this guy's testimony. I mean, wow, how God took a person who was entangled in so much sin. He had no hope. He didn't even believe God was real. But he knew he wanted more. And God kept his promise to buy back those who are willing to turn away from their sins. Why? Because of that verse we shared in our previous episode, The Lies We Tell Ourselves. Remember Isaiah 43, 4? You are of great worth in my eyes. You are honored and I love you. God loved him. And God, through the price paid on the cross by his son, Jesus Christ, gave Brian a way out of a despair-filled life so he could really live. Brian humbled himself. He asked God to forgive him and then turned from his former lifestyle, his sinful ways. Just like God said to this nation of Judah, and those chains that entangled him had no choice but to shatter through the power of Jesus Christ's ultimate sacrifice through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb. And he did this not only for Brian, he did it for everyone. And all you have to do is what Brian did. And you too can experience the freedom and the peace as he did. The two things that result in being forgiven. Pray and confess your sin. And if you want to learn more about this, again, you could go to our episode, Ultimate Treason 5, like I said earlier, which does speak more on this topic. Or you can ask us any question. You can send us an email at truthisnowtreason at gmail.com. And we would be happy to discuss this more and direct you further on any necessary steps. You know, Brian did talk about how he had no hope how he was finding nothing that was bringing him any satisfaction. And if you feel like that's what you're going through, you know, as was mentioned earlier, we would love to talk to you about it because this is why we are here. Our primary goal is to build God's kingdom. And we would love to see that happen. Until Until next time, time, my fellow fellow traders. traders.